Jim. She's a, she's a CrossFit trainer, and uh, I met him God, five years ago. Five and a half. Five and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, and then my life's never been the same since. <laughs> In so many good and bad ways. So many good. <laughs> so many good. <laughs> so many. Why would you say bad? I'm saying, man, you got to take the good with the bad. You know that. We've had our ups and downs and everything <laughs> else, but at the end of the day, we're still brothers. We still love each other. So. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We got a fun episode for you this week as we talk with Chris and Ben from the Boomtown Saints. They got one of my favorite songs out right now, Black Top Don't. I think you heard that in one of our four packs uh, here last couple weeks. Uh, and also, if you haven't, don't forget to check out our neat and mixed reviews where we uh, do our shorter reviews on bourbons and whiskeys, sauced on food, all sorts of other fun stuff. You can find that on all of our social media and at hopspirits.com where you can find past episodes of this show, our sister podcast, Hops and Spirits Kentucky, and so much more. But without further ado, let's get into another four-pack. This week, our four-pack is on duo songs I love right now, or what I'm calling duo songs. Uh, first up, Ed Sheeran and Luke Combs' Life Goes On. Stripped down, but all you really need is their voices, and boy, do they shine on this one. Up next is Nico Moon and Zach Brown, Heaven Has a Bar. Uh, slightly different tune than Ed and Luke, uh, but a great pairing. Love both of these guys. Third is where I kind of maybe stretch it on a duo. James Barker Band and Dalton Dover on the water. Perfect summer song, and I'll call this a duo, and it's a fun combo. And last but not least, Lewis Bryce and Lee Bryce, product of brothers coming together to for this one and a nod to their parents and their upbringing in South Carolina, and it's their first ever collab, too. And that's the four-pack for this week. Remember, drink responsibly. Up next is our conversation with the Boomtown Saints. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us for our conversation this week, they're better known as the Boomtown Saints, but welcome in Chris Ramos and Ben Chisholm. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Well, I appreciate y'all y'all joining. Now, this is my first question all the time. Uh, I think I know that you're drinking something tonight. Uh, I got a little uh, chicken cock double oak, little eight year uh, whiskey. You guys got anything good? This is this is Ben's go to. Everywhere you can you can give him the highest dollar stuff, and he's going to go with the old Evan. I'm going to go with this to the day I die. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's it's a staple on the road for us. So the whole band is uh, that's kind of what's always around. Well, the coolest thing is I did a blind taste test with a bunch of friends. Just brought a flask, and I said, "What do you think this is?" And they were like, "Oh man, that's that's Angel's Envy. That's that's Woodford. That's what it, I went. Nope, it's the cheapest stuff you can get. It's the best stuff you can get. I mean, it's Evan Williams. Can't go wrong." Now, now, uh, Chris, you got anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Ben tonight. I mean, my, I'm normally, uh, normally a rum guy myself, uh, rum or tequila actually, but, um, tequila for sure. Yeah. But tonight, uh, you know, when we're, when we're at home relaxing, it's, um, and Ben's here, we're, we're, we're going with the Evan. I like it. I like it now. Now, when you say rum, do you get, do you ever dabble in the, uh, you know, bourbon finished in the rum cast? Cause I, I like that. I, I, I do actually every now and then. Um, there's actually one that I've been 
I've been messing with here lately. It's actually local here to Nashville. It's called Mirat, M-I-R-A-T. And it has like a coconut and vanilla twist to it. And it's, uh, that's, that's kind of been my go-to lately. It's, uh, it's hard to find. Uh, and if you can find it, I, I swear to you, it's worth it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, rum and tequila are kind of typically where I go with the lighter, the lighter look, but, um, like I said, when Ben's around, we're, we're on the Evan. <laughs> now, now do you put that in your riders to always get a little Evan Williams everywhere you go? <laughs> uh, we, we try to, uh, but typically we have to, just... most, most of the time they know it's already <laughs> happening. I've already gone to the store and we've got a handle of it ready to go. Now, are you are you having a drink on stage two to warm up those vocal cords? We actually do uh, before before we go on, and it's it's more of um it's it's both a combination of the cutting everything. I mean, because we typically eat about an hour before, and you know it's you know not what you're going to get sometimes, and so to cut everything that's going on in your throat, but also uh, it's it's a tradition of our band uh, since the day we formed that before we walk on stage. Uh, and it's not just to be drinking. Uh, it, it is to we, we're very big into making sure that you uh, acknowledge every step of the of, of the journey and, and appreciate where you're at. And so we always do a quick that's it's a double double edge for us. We, we were able to cut everything here and also acknowledge, you know, wherever in the world we're at that moment, what we're doing. We always are grateful for it. So right before I walk on. Now, I got to ask you, you mentioned, you know, since you guys have been formed, y'all knew each other outside of music first before you guys got into music together, right? We did. Um, I met him at my, my wife's gym. She's a, she's a CrossFit trainer, and uh, I met him God, five years ago. Five and a half. Five and a half years ago. And, uh, yeah, and then my life's never been the same since. <laughs> In so many good and bad ways. So many good. <laughs> so ways. many good. <laughs> so many why would you say bad i'm saying man you got to take the good with the bad you know that we've had our ups and downs and everything <laughs> else but at the end of the day we're still brothers we still love each other so yep. uh i love that well and then obviously you know meeting outside of that is the story true that ben you needed a little help at a gig and that's kind of where everything took off like you're just like i just need someone I, I literally said that. I looked at him and I was like, "Dude, I just need you to hold a stick up there. I don't even care if it sounds good." Yeah, I mean, well, he. So I've been in Nashville, I've been, and now it's been twenty-five years. I've been here for twenty years at the time, um, so I just knew a lot of people. Um, you know, this is home. I lived in the Southwest Florida when I was a kid, but this is home. And so he 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 did the uh, committed the cardinal sin of Nashville musicianship, and he took a a gig out of town on ten days' notice in the middle of summer, uh, and. I mean, you can find musicians to go with you, uh, but you can't always find good musicians to go with you in the summer because they're they're typically booked. And uh, he asked me, he was like, can you help me find a bass player? So I went on a mission. Uh, I went on a mission for, I guess, eight days, uh, asking everybody I could possibly think of and waiting on responses. And then it was Wednesday before the Friday show. Um, we struck out. I was like, bro, I don't have anybody. I'm so sorry. And he had known I was a musician in a former life. I played guitar. Um, and he knew that and he was just like, man, can you literally can't hit the exact question? Can you hold a stick and make it sound halfway decent? It's like, it's all good. And so I said, yes, uh, was, it was, you know, eight to 10 songs isn't hard to learn on two days. Uh, unfortunately 45 was, uh, 
Mr. I didn't know he was a cover band at the time. He was kind of on the downside of his solo career. I didn't know any of this. Uh, so it was 45 songs on two days notice. I had to learn on bass and we did it. He did a phenomenal job. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And and then did the duo and everything, the band kind of build from there? How did that, that happen? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those things that first night, it was an interesting night, so we went down there, and you know, at this point in Ben's career, even more that if you don't mind, at this point in his career, he was, um, he was, he, he told me he was, you know, he was going to stop playing music in, in December. It's going to be his last show. You're good, thank you, sir. That's plenty, thank you, sir. Thank sure, you. Yeah, that's plenty, thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, he told me he was going to, uh, his last show was going to be in December, and so I, uh, you know, I we were just there to have fun, and. You know, he was doing a bunch of cover stuff, and it was a college gig at this amphitheater that we were playing at. And uh, we went out there, and, and I hadn't been on stage in a while. Um, you know, I, I was in the corporate world. And you I, couldn't tell. <laughs> well, I, I, had left, I had left that behind, and I always missed it. I always missed it. And so we got on stage, and I was just having fun. Ben was doing his thing that, you know, made him successful in those circles and got him signed as a solo artist back in the day, which, you know, just – crooning people and you know making them want to hear more and i was just able to jump around stage and have a good time and uh by the end of the night it was something it, it just the combination of the the jekyll and hyde the you know the push and pull of the two personalities just it was different um we got invited back to come back to that same location before we left the next week went to a different city the same thing happened and it was the third week that that happened that we were like hmm you know maybe we should try to combine forces here now, why didn't you settle on Hopscotch Mafia is what I want to know. <laughs> I, just, I just want you to know. <clears throat> you know exactly why we didn't settle on Hopscotch Mafia. I can't rap. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and we're not a boy band. So it was a, it was a bad combo. There's no uh, rapping. Yeah, no. So, you know, Hopscotch Mafia, though, it, it did its job. So that was an old flag football team name I had. And uh, we won a lot of stuff with it. And I was like, it's a fun name. We wanted people to remember us, and that was the goal. I was like, let's come up, let's have a name that people will remember. They, you cannot forget, um, and it worked. I mean, everybody remembered us. Actually, to this day, we have people coming up to us, and they'll they'll be like, I remember when you were Hopscotch Mafia. We actually had a show uh, Indiana in Indiana last week. Oh Somebody showed up with a piece of cardboard, cardboard, and they turned it around, and they had drawn out our old Hopscotch Mafia logo perfectly. By the perfectly. way, perfectly. Um, and so, you know, it, it was memorable. And uh, when we started getting involved in the label with the labels and it started becoming serious, um, half of them loved it. Half of them absolutely hated it. But it was successful because every one of them remembered it. And so, um, but we decided, like, you know, we should probably, A, do something that was more in line with what we sounded like and were those days, but also uh, make it so that half the people didn't hate it. So <laughs> we moved over to Boomtown Saints. Well, and how did you settle on Boomtown Saints? Because I feel like, obviously, if you're picking out new names, that is not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> it, it was difficult. Well, I mean, we were sitting in the studio with, with our, our producers and everything else. We wanted to figure out something that embodied everything that we were doing, uh, everything that, that me and Chris were, were trying to accomplish with, with not only what we're doing, but with, with the brand as well. And um, Boomtown is any town defined, uh, you know, oil town, coal town, success, and, you know, we started five and a half years ago, basically, when we met, but it was only about two and a half years ago when everything started getting really serious. So we decided it was like, Boomtown, that's perfect. And then Saints is a nod to our faith. Um, 
we are deeply rooted in that, in our faith. And by, by no means whatsoever are we saints, but we just kind of wanted to give that nod out there for people who wanted to know. I, I, I love that. And I always love some, sometimes where, where names come from. And, and you touched on this too, where, where you guys were doing a little bit of different things before you got into to, to music. Uh, both were in the medical field. Is that right? Uh, so Ben was actually his, his degree in biology and, um, you know, he skipped medical school to go into music and then he was on his way back to medical school. At that point, we, we, we dove into this thing and, um, I was actually in, I was in pharmaceuticals. I was like, I was a consultant and I helped, uh, pharmaceutical companies commercialize products. So I'd work with the government and work with technologies and, um, help them figure out how to get people to take their product. He's got some really good stories about security clearance. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, there was, off there was air, off really air. good ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're working in DC, working with the NIH, working with, you know, and so, yeah, that's what I was doing. I mean, it was, it was a great job. Um, I'd say, I mean, I, I loved the the paychecks out of it, but you know, it's you, when, once you have that, you know, music in your blood, and you're no matter how hard you work, you're making somebody else wealthy, um, and no matter how hard you work, you just take on more people's work, and you don't get anything for it. Uh, that was wearing on me after a while. Uh, so when this opportunity came up, um, you know, it was one of those things when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to talk about, you know, remember that one year I made that money. You're going to talk about what you did with your life and being all the things that you didn't do. Yep. And I mean, like, but for, for me and Chris, I think it's, it's one of those things that we, we both have girls. He has three, I have two. And you know, the biggest accomplishment, I lost my dad when I was 19 years old. I still don't have a voice recording of his voice. I, I can only hear it in my head. And one of the biggest accomplishments that I think that me and Chris have is that no matter where we're, we're at, if, if we're gone or anything, our girls have something to go back and it's like, that's daddy's voice. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the biggest accomplishments that we have, in my opinion. Now, did you guys grow up uh, on music uh, when, you, when you were younger or was this something you uh, you know got into later on? So, I, I mean, for, for me, both of our stories are a little bit different. I My brother is six years older than me. He brought a guitar or he got a guitar when he was 11 years old, something like that. He played a couple tunes and it sucked. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it sucked. It was terrible. And I was like, please do. Can you stop? But after a while, he started becoming just amazing. He's an amazing guitar player really now. Good. Really good. Um, and so he and I would start, start singing together and, you know, the harmonies were great. We would play songs. We play for the family and, and that's where it kind of went. And then in, in the eighth grade, I entered into a talent contest and I sang, got second place. And everybody was like, dude, that's awesome. I was like, cool. Started singing karaoke. One thing led to the next. And how many yeah. ever years later I met this guy right here. But yeah. And for me, my, my dad was a guitar player my whole life. Um, he's actually fantastic. Uh, I'll never be the guitar player. He, he was, um, but you know, my mom sang, my mom's mom sang, a lot of my, my aunt sang. Um, and so I had that, I, I grew up around that. And so I learned to sing, learned to sing harmonies, um, started learning guitar. I actually, the first thing I actually started learning uh, was when I went, started middle school. I started middle school really young, but I, I spent all my time in the band room and I just played a ton of instruments. By the time I was doing middle school, I could play 13 instruments. Um, 
when I got out of middle school and I got started going to high school, I started realizing that, you know, I was, I was very shy, introverted. And I started realizing that playing the oboe and clarinet and tuba was not going to allow me to talk to girls. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it taught me a lot about music and it taught me a lot about discipline and what it needs to teach you. And I made a lot of friends out of it. Uh, But, you know, I had a lot to say and I couldn't say it. So I started playing the guitar and writing when I was probably 12, 13 years old. So uh, and that's, that, that's what I've always stuck with, uh, drums, guitar, and then later on uh, I've learned to play the piano. So those are the three things that I always I ran with. Dude, I, th- this conversation is bringing up a memory. Uh, also in eighth grade, I was in the choir. <laughs> now let me put it this way. Two guys, 60 girls. Smart man, smart man, man. So that's why you all got into music. It's like it's like us at our houses now. That's exactly. That's exactly what it is. We have all daughters. The only Y chromosome is us. Well, actually, you've got a girl. You got a boy dog. I've got three girls. Three girl (laughs) dogs. Yeah, that's it. It was getting you ready, man. It was getting us ready. Come on now. Uh, I, I love that. And and you mentioned, what is it like? Because I, I remember reading somewhere where you guys were, or one of you had said one word to describe you, and it was just, you know, fathers and dads. What, what's it like to be, be girl dads? Because I am uh, one as well. It's, uh, man, I, there's nothing. So I have, I have three daughters, 15, eight, and eight and a half months. No, nine months this Saturday. Nine months. Nine That's months right. this Saturday. And, um, you know, I didn't appreciate when I was, you know, my 15 year old was born, I was young and I didn't appreciate what it was to be a girl dad. Um, I started learning when the second one was born, you know, I was always a good dad. I was always present. I always took care of them, but I just didn't have that understanding. Um, I am when the third found out we're going to have a third baby. um, I, I remember this. I was praying for a girl. I wanted a girl so bad. And when I found out it was a girl, I cried like a baby. Right in front of everybody, my my wife's whole family was on Facetime. I mean, my my other two daughters and I cried like an absolute. I was the only one crying like a baby um, because I wanted a girl that bad, and that's really the only way I can sum up being a girl dad. Okay, so for me, I have I have two beautiful daughters. I have a fourteen year old stepdaughter who I've had since she was five years old. I, I she, that's my baby, uh, and then I have a three and a half year old terrorist. It's a three and a half year old him. That's it's the, a three and a half year old that's, me. That's the kind of the situation. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean that, that she is the perfect, perfect representation of me as a kid. It's terrible. But like I was the opposite of him. I wanted a boy so bad I couldn't stand it. But I basically got one in female form. I'll and tell you she what. She is just like she is rough. She, I mean, I could body slam that chick all over the, the you body slam your three and a half. Year old absolutely. Body. I do. <laughs> and she loves daddy. Let's do it again. I'm like, Oh God, you're going to be tough. This is awesome. No, well, so my, my 15 year old, when, when we were going to have, when we found out it was a girl, uh, I wanted a boy so bad. I actually teared up in the room. When we found out it was a girl. Um, and then we went shopping two days later for clothes hooked, done. Never wanted a boy since that day. Okay. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay. So my wife's a little bit older than I am and we I've had my, my stepdaughter for forever. And when we decided to, to have a baby, um, all of our friends were having babies, which is a, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. So she comes up to me and she's like, 
hey, what do you think about this? Had a onesie in her hand. I said, that's really cool. Is that for Hendrix? Because our friend, babies. And uh, she said, she started crying. She said, no, you're going to be a daddy. Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. I, lo- yeah, I, I that's love That's how it. I identify. I know, I know that Ben wanted to be a dad, and that's how we identify these days. Well, I mean, there, there's nothing. I, I love that, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a girl dad. I got a four and a half year old, and and uh, there are times my wife and I look at each other and going, "That's not us as a young child. That is us now in child form. This is terrifying." <laughs> <laughs> when did she get this clever? Yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah, like I don't want to see what sixteen oh, yeah. year old oh. looks like. <laughs> no, no you, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You really don't. You don't. <laughs> I love my 15 year old but you don't want to see yeah. what it is yet man just yeah, savor the moments it. where enjoy she wants it, to hold your hand enjoy it. okay <laughs> it we, we were on a hike today and she was holding my hand and I was loving it <laughs> that's the best man that's the best and and clearly family means a, a lot for y'all what, what impact do they have have on, on everything y'all do everything yeah they, man they impact everything the thing about Ben and I is the um you know, we're, we, neither of us are in what we do for, we love performing. There's, there's no denying that we love being on stage. It's fun. Um, the, the grind around it is so intense sometimes that it, it is exhausting. Um, I mean, both, both emotionally and physically. Um, and one thing about us is neither of us are in it at all for the purposes of fame. It's not to, you know, to, be like, Oh, I want to be seen and I want to be on magazine covers. I mean, we, we understand that, you know, as things are progressing, things are starting to, we're getting noticed in various places and that kind of thing. And it's cool. Um, it's always unique and we love it because it's like, wow, that's, it's us. Like we are just us. Um, but the whole reason we do it is we know what the potential there is to set up our daughter's lives for their future. Um, you have a potential in doing this with all the writing we're doing and the performing we're doing that, uh, can keep giving when we're not there to give. And that's the entire reason we chose this path. Um, obviously we, we were able to do it and we had this opportunity and we didn't want to just leave it on the table. Uh, but that is the driver behind it because if it were not for them, I can guarantee you, we both would have mailed it in and done other things a while back because it's, it's not easy. I mean, it is very difficult to do it looks fun and it is fun. We love it. We we are so blessed to be in this situation and we would never take any of it for granted. Um, but when but what people don't see behind the scenes of what it takes to do this, um, yeah, we would probably we would have mailed it in a long time ago if it weren't for our daughters. Yes. <laughs> well, I was gonna say they see the the instant they see the success, but they don't realize the 10, 15 years it took to get to that point. <laughs> Yep. It, the, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, everybody sees, you know, st- I'll give you an example. Um, we had one of the greatest shows this past weekend. We were in, we were in grand, we had two of them in Eaton, Colorado and grand junction, Colorado. We went and played the show. Uh, it was just an awesome show in grand junction. Um, nobody saw that we, uh, drove in right before the show. We drove five and a half hours right before the show, uh, show ended at 11. We had to load out. We went back to the hotel. We were in bed around one thirty, and we were up at five to drive five hours back to the airport to fly home. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. It like it it takes a physical and emotional toll on you. Um, 
and that's why I'll say if anybody watching this, I mean, you see your local musicians at a bar, you don't understand what they put in behind the scenes to do it. Uh, we, we came home and we immediately started working on leaving this, this Friday at five, our flights at 5 15 AM. Uh, we're gone for 17 days and we leave. Uh, and we've been working six, seven hours a day since we've been home, just getting ready for that trip. Uh, we're only home for three days. So, um, but again, the goal and what it's going to do for our families is the driver and we'll never stop because of that. Now, now what music did you guys grow up on and make, made an impact on y'all? Uh, I know for me, <clears throat> I grew up on more classic rock. Uh, my dad did not like country music, so I did not hear it for a very long time until my brother brought it in. So I grew up on the more of an, I guess you would say a newer age country where it was Toby Keith, Garth Brooks, you know, George Strait, Kenny Chesney, Keith Urban. That's, that's where I kind of started and worked my way up from. And uh, from there, I mean, it was just, wow, the stories in country music are absolutely amazing. So it gripped me to that and, and led me to, you know, this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me. So I actually started on smooth jazz and R and B. Uh, my dad, as a guitar player, was a jazz guitar player. Uh, my very first concert ever was Earl Clue. Um, and nobody has a clue who that is, uh, unless you know what smooth jazz is. And it's, uh, but, but that's the, and George Benson. Uh, my second concert ever was a guy named Boney James, who is a, is a jazz uh, saxophone player. Um, and that's, I grew up on that. I, that. That eventually turned into the Boys, the Men, and Brian McKnight's of the world. Um, probably my two favorite artists of all time, Boys and Men and Brian McKnight. Um, those are my major influences. When you hear songs, you know, we have some songs coming out. There's one specifically that'll, that'll be later, uh, either later this year or early next year that, that I, that I wrote a lot of it. Well, I wrote the melody and the guitar part. And when you hear it sung, you're like, Oh, that has a very R and B feel to it. So I kind of go back to that, but that said, um, it was probably, I don't know, probably 15, 18 years ago. Um, here, being here in Nashville, it's hard to escape it. Uh, country music. Uh, I started really paying attention to words a lot more and understanding how songs are structured. And I started realizing that, like Ben just said, the best songs in the world are country music because it's about the story. When I started figuring that out, um, I started listening more and more and more, and now uh, that's all I listen to. Every well, now and then I'll go back and listen to the album by Boys to Men. I'm oh, no, 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 we were driving on the way back home from, I forget where we were. It was Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin. And, and I, I, turned, I think you were in the back of sleep, and I was like, crank it up. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a And I just started going like this. Like, Hell, then. I, I can't remember, but yeah, I was like, okay, cool. That's some childhood memories. Yeah. So, but, but these days it's uh, all country all the time. Um, just because I appreciate the grind and uh, the stories. Well, and I was going to say the, the stories is something that I, I enjoy with, with the songs that you guys have put out. What is the writing process like for each of you? Are you kind of similar, different, always work together? It's, How does that work? It, it's, it's well, we, we work together almost all almost all the time. Um, you know, uh, there's, we, we do write separately. Um, there's, you know, different, 
that's the cool thing about what we've been doing and why we're thankful for uh, our label, 8-Track Entertainment, Noah Gordon and Gary Crane, our producers. Um, they have introduced us to <clears throat> some of the most legendary writers this city has ever seen. Um, you know, one of the very first rights that we ever got to do was with Keith and Adrian Falase. And people won't know their names, but if I say things like uh, something like that by Tim McGraw and I Love You by Martina, Martina McBride and um, Cry by Faith Breathe. Hill and Breathe by Faith Hill, they wrote those songs. Um, and they introduced us to them and sent us to write with them. And, uh, you know, getting involved in that level of writing. I mean, the Philip Whites of the world who's written multiple number ones, and James LeBlanc and, and Dave Pahanish. Um, these people are legendary writers in this city and for country music. And, um, you know, we've been able to get involved with them. And the more we get involved with them, we start splintering and doing more things for other people on top of ourselves. But our writing process, typically it starts with uh, Ben and I will send ideas back and forth five, ten, six, seven times a week. Uh, we'll send ideas and we'll we'll send a melody back and forth. Um, but most, one of them stick. <laughs> most of the time it's, it's something that I heard and I was like, you know what? That was stupid enough. I'm going to write it down. We might turn it into a song. Yeah, or, or just it's anything. You know, you, you come up with an idea and you're like, we, we send it back and forth and we'll start flushing it out. Uh, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take it to these guys and we'll sit down with some of these legendary writers and say, hey, guys, here's this idea we have. And here's a melody we have. Um, can you help us craft this? And, uh, you know, the process really that we found is we pull on personal experience. Um I know it's, it's, you know, we're not good at writing based on this idea over here. I'm going to write an idea based on something I've never experienced. Uh, again, an example, uh, we have a song on our EP called uh, How to Lose a Lady. And, um, you know, we went to the, into a write with Keith and Adrian Falase, and Adrian had this, she had an idea. She said, I have this idea it's called How to Lose a Lady. I don't have any lyrics, but I have this melody and it's ah, na, 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 na. so we started writing it and I pulled on um, personally um, you know I'm remarried um, amazing friends of my ex-wife but my, my new wife she's also remarried and uh, she told me the stories about what her ex-husband the way he used to take her for granted sitting at home not doing anything all day long and she'd come home after working 10 hours and cook dinner for them and then he'd ask her to wash his clothes. Um, pulled on that heavily to write that song. Uh, same thing with Ben. So, I mean, we, we definitely pull from personal experience these days more than anything. And so clearly you do write songs about your family then. <laughs> 100%. Oh, absolutely. Good woman. Good, hey, a good woman, which is going to come out on the um, full-length album. Full length album. Uh, okay, so, I mean... God, Philip, Philip White and James LeBlanc, we, we just crafted, that song was crafted perfectly for our wives. And, and the reason we did that is because our wives, both of them, kept saying to us, hey, look, you haven't written a song about us yet. <laughs> but you know what's crazy is when you have that idea, and the idea was simple. And I mean, we play it on the road right now and everybody's going to hear it. The, the hook is a good woman makes you want to be a good man. And I mean, in what we do for a living, um, 
you know, we will put our reputations on the line anywhere in the world. Everybody knows that a good woman, which we have, makes well, you want to be a good man. And uh, we have a spotless reputation out on the road. And so we just wrote about it. That and we don't like to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, you know, she's threatened it. And, she, and his wife can beat him up. So there's. I mean, like literally, she is five foot four, 155 pounds of solid muscle. She's across the so, so, yeah. yeah. She'd kill me. Yeah, yeah. That You got to be careful. That's why you wrote the Good Woman song and something that they would love to hear. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but pulled from a place of, when we're on the road, you know, I mean, everybody knows this. But I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there that just don't have, you know, the, that, that moral gumption that, that's needed to to be out on the road and uh man it's easy for us you, you remember what happened to me in, in um hanover maryland right i oh, told you yeah. about that oh I yeah, yeah. Had, had a lady you know just just a little bit older she came up and she was like you know she gave me a kiss right here i'm like that's cool give me a kiss right i'm like that's cool then she grabbed my head and, and she was trying to kiss me and i was like oh <laughs> I, I got a good woman at home I man like, I, got, I got a good woman at home man i don't want to be dead but you know, got a good woman. My wife's home. a good shot too. She can hit me from Nashville and, and Hanover. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. And and obviously, like when you're writing songs and stuff, obviously sometimes you you have a little bit more fun fun with them, and and then maybe. Uh, others, you know, your first kind of single that, that hit, hit the ways all trucks go to heaven, you know, got a lot of great feedback from critics, fans. What was it like when that one kind of took off for y'all? You know, that one was the reason we led with that song, um, is because it's very easy to duos are, are one of the more, um, unique, uh, groups in or, or or artists in country music not unique and like oh we're the best but it's 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 very unique you don't have many duos to reference um and so the duos that you do have to reference it is very easy to compare other duos to those reference points um one of the things that that we wanted to do was establish that look we can sing. We can. We can be artists. We can tell stories. Um, you know, when you come see us, you're going to get real country music. Because when you, is <laughs> your baby girl? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Because when you, yeah. that's awesome. Mine are upstairs right now. I'm like, hey, hold on a second. That's the okay. best, man. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing. We're, better we're than on that. a little trip with our uh, uh, good friends down in the Red River Gorge. And uh, oh, I thought they were going to be, you know, out and about the whole time <laughs> no, tonight. That's the best, so. man. There's no, there's nothing better. There's than that. Not, there's nothing better. There's no love that. that. If she could sit in the whole thing, that'd be awesome. Um, oh, she she's done a few of them. <laughs> my, dang, man, I just, she's famous. That's awesome. No, um, but yeah, I don't even remember. I was telling. Oh, dude, no, no. When babies get involved, we just lose your mind. Yeah, I know. I just. All, all trucks go to heaven. That's all I got. Oh yeah, all trucks go to heaven. Yeah, so you know, it was it was it was very intentional to be able to show artistry, to be able to show you can sing, uh, to be able to show that you are country music, because we do have. I mean, we we are classified by multiple publications as rock forward because our live show is very much rock forward. Um, it would be very easy to compare us, and it happens a lot to compare us to other duos that have been before us. So we, we definitely put that one out there in order to establish uh, 
the ability to, uh, you know, be a country artist. And it allowed us to open up and have some freedom on the creativity side after the fact, uh, like people are seeing with Blacktop Don't. Well, no, I was going to say Blacktop Don't. That's probably one of my, my favorite songs I've heard in a, in a good while. And uh, how did that one come come to be? Uh, so we... <laughs> you tell so, it and I'm going to tell my side. Yeah, so we, uh, we were in... So <laughs> the, thing about, the thing about our job... Our job goes beyond performing. Our job is also, you know, being responsible with what the consumers want to hear. Um, as a matter of fact, we have a history <laughs> with our record label of management of fighting against songs we wrote to go on the album. Uh, we actually had a situation when we were arguing. There's one that's going to be on the album later this year. And we were argue, we argued, we wrote it. And we argued hard against it because we wanted another one that was very similar. Uh, and you can't have them both because they were too similar. And we argued hard against this. Uh, we were like, no, we want this song. This, this legendary writer Bill Luther wrote, um, in which we're still going to record it. Um, but, yes, we are. But, but he wrote the song. We heard it. It was the greatest, like, one of the best songs you ever heard. But they're like, look, guys, we feel like this song you have, it's called American Dream, is, is perfectly made for radio and a record. And we were like, fine. Uh, say all that to say, when you go into these sessions, you know, our job is to put out what we think our our, our listeners want to hear. Um, we were pitched that song. We did not write that song. We were pitched that song, and uh, Ben was homesick. Uh, I was in the room at the record label, and we were sitting there listening to it. And he was on Facetime, and they started playing the song. And midway through the first verse, I leaned over to look at the phone, and uh, yeah, I, just, I, like, I want it, yeah. I want it, I want yeah, it. Yeah. And so he uh, he ended up un he he made the very risky decision to wake up his wife. I did, I did. I, I woke her up because once again, she can beat him up. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I woke up my wife at ten thirty at night. My wife loves her sleep, loves it, loves her sleep. I woke her up and I said, you've got to come into the living room with me and hear the song. And so she's sitting there like, uh, it got to the chorus and she went, oh, she said, that's the song. She said, that's y'all's song. That is you and Chris. That is y'all's live performance in one song right there. And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. So I went, Yes. Yeah, so that was, that, that, that was the uh, one no-brainer that we did not fight against even for one second. Because, uh, like, we, we say this quite a bit, uh, but that, that is the audio representation of what our live show is visually. Um, it's just the energy and the, you know, the, the, the you, you can sense the urgency behind it. Uh, and that's kind of what we're known for out on the road is when you come to our live show, um, you are going to have a party. Um, and we know you spend a lot of time and you know, sometimes money to come see us and we're going to make sure you have a party and Blacktop Dome is the anchor for that. Like I said, it's, it's one of my favorites from the moment I heard it. I think I had the same, same, the same, the same thought of, okay, that's just a good song. And, and, you know, obviously you were able to put out your, your self-titled debut EP, but EPs are nice, but it sounds like more is along the way. Oh, yeah. We have, we have a full length coming out later this year. Uh, Actually, like we mentioned, uh, we 
American Dream and Good Woman are going to be on there. Um, Good Woman is a song that we um, everywhere we actually had uh, somebody on the radio during a live radio performance. Uh, the the radio host actually started crying not too long ago, and it's not necessarily because of our performance, but it, it resonated. Uh, the words resonate. We wrote about you know like the American Dream is not necessarily uh, you know having tons of money and living in a mansion and doing all these things. The American dream is, uh, just getting by and loving your family and being with your family. Uh, we wrote a song about that. Uh, we're still writing the rest of the album. We're going to have 12 tracks on it. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's going to be coming out later this year. We are extremely excited about, uh, about what's coming. No, I, well, and it sounds like you got some some really cool things happening, and clearly you also enjoy performing on on the stage and so forth. You guys tour constantly. I, you know, my daughter had to ask another question. Um, but, no, but hey, uh, hey, you got those daughters, man. Hey, take take care of them first. That's where it's at. And uh, but you guys love to tour uh, pretty consistently. You made your CMA Fest debut recently. Like you said, you're getting ready to go out again. What what is it that you just love about being out there and on stage? The, I, and I don't know about this for Chris, but I know I know the biggest thing for me, and is is I've always loved meeting people. Mm. The, the 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 people are are everything to what we do, and and he knows this. I'll talk to a brick wall. They don't leave me unattended anywhere. And that's not that's not figurative. We actually uh, assign somebody to watch him. When we're on the road and we have limited time, we actually assign a band member to watch. There's an accountability <laughs> partner on the road. And that me. is not a joke. We dead serious. If we're all in the vehicle and Ben's not there, the first question out of somebody's mouth is, who left Ben unattended? And that is a serious question. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's true. But at the end of the show, during the show, before the show, whatever it is, we we love the people. And it's, that's that's the main thing for us is, is we want to meet everybody, we want to see everybody, we want to talk to everybody, and um, you know, my, my I grew up in a hair salon. My mom's owned a hair salon for forty years. That's that's kind of where I've I've got that from. So I just want to talk to everybody. Yeah, and and I mean another part of it is there is a brotherhood that's developed when you're on the road, um, and it's something. You know, we both played sports and you get some of it there, but there's so many people involved that you do have a brotherhood in the, in playing sports. Uh, but when you have five people that are traveling thousands and thousands and thousands of miles, all of which who have families and kids at home and you're you're all together. Uh, I'll be I'll be honest. One of my favorite things is, I mean, I'll tell you, Ben and I, we will get in huge arguments mm -hmm. um, and then we will literally the second we're done, everybody around us is like, they hate each other. We're like, where are we going to eat? Let's go eat. That's exactly what we do it's too. Like, it's, it's like, no, I don't like this. No, I don't like this. Chicken, like, like chicken. What, what do you think? Or why, steak. Why are you such a jerk? You're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Yeah. What, want Subway? Chicken Let's or steak. Chicken yeah, or we'll steak. see y'all later. We're going to get Subway. <laughs> so there's a brotherhood that's developed um, that is we have the same guys with us, you know, even when we have to have a sub on the road, um, it's the same couple people that will come out with us every time. We don't bring new people into the mix hardly ever. Um, and yeah, that's one of my favorite it's a things. Very rare occasion. If we ever do that, mm -hmm. we have, we have a family that's, uh, 
not immediate family, but they're still our family. Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it sounds like that's just who you are from, you know, from, from the beginning and, and how things should, should, should be. And, you know, like you said, the brothers do get in arguments, but they do love each other at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You don't, I'll tell I you I think, what, right. <laughs> you try to pile on Ben when I'm yelling at him you're gonna get it like like i can yell at him y'all can't like y'all can't yell at him i'll yell at him if you yell at him i'm yelling at you we're getting into it so that's how it goes and i don't yell at anybody usually usually there are a few times you just get stuck talking to people if if i'm yelling at you something has really gone bad so oh well, hopefully nothing's going bad here because, like I said, a, a lot of things are going your y'all's way. Like I said, Blacktop Don't's great. Your self-debut EP's out. Self-titled debut EP's out. And like you said, you got the album coming uh, here soon as well. So what else can folks expect from you this year that you're allowed to say that won't get you in trouble by anyone? Uh, so, well, I'll just say we have some videos coming out. Uh, we have uh, We even have videos from previous songs that we've that we've had in the coffers that we are going to dust off that are um, tell a different story of some of the songs that we have out right now. Um, we have the full length album coming out. We are out on the road uh, basically for the rest of the year. Um, we are continuing to write uh, and we have, you know, we can't really talk about it right now, but there's some really, really, uh, really big plans for 2024. Um, 2023 setting the stage for a pretty, pretty, pretty weird year for us but we also we also have a i can loosely say this now so we have well we well we have a couple different businesses that (laughs) we're we're finally able to sit there and put some time into so um we're excited about yeah well well. i'll I'll give i'll give you i'll give listeners i'll uh, give them an example one example I'll, i'll tell you what when you're on the road there's two things that happens one is you end up getting you use a lot of cables instrument cables xlrs a lot of different things that that um that are have a lot of really dirty noise subpar and or they fall apart very easily uh and we have resolved that conundrum and uh we have something called boom cables that's going to be available for everybody uh here in the next couple months and it's uh on par with the biggest in the industry, the best in the industry, but made by musicians for musicians, and they are priced for musicians. But so. since this is a drinking podcast, there's that too. We also have another thing that's happening with probably probably within six months. We're experimenting right now, but um, we're also we <laughs> we have a, another company called Boomshine, mm. and so we are going to start having our own line of of uh, of moonshine and which will progress to uh, a good whiskey but that'll be another six to eight years down the road <laughs> after we so bottle stay tuned for eight years and we'll stay see tuned for that but, but the, moon, the, the moonshine will come out first evan's gonna get us evan's gonna get us to eight years but that's that's yes that will probably be solely we'll Mwah. probably be solely uh i love you moonshine my liver doesn't <laughs> but i do okay hey those those sound like some pretty pretty Just good things about. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like some good things. It, it's, it's, we, we're looking forward to them all. Well, and it sounds also like the next time we have you guys on, we might be drinking some moonshine and not some bourbon. 
Oh, we're gonna send you some for sure. Oh that's, yeah, no, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get <laughs> some. You're, wait, that sounds really bad. You're gonna get some moonshine. Moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get some moonshine, brother. Oh, well, Chris, Ben, this has been a blast. Thank you for allowing my daughter to interrupt. She's up a little late tonight, uh, and also thank you for having a drink with me. This has been a a blast. Absolutely. Hey, and if, without your daughter interrupting, I mean, is it really even a a podcast? You know what I mean? It's it's a uh, that's that's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's all the coolest part of it. I keep hearing my daughters running around upstairs, and it's making my heart explode. So it's this is good stuff. I see my wife and daughter at trivia right now. Oh yeah. So you're a free man. No, 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 no. At the Red Robin. Oh, Red Robin has trivia. Yeah, no. On, on Tuesday nights. Guys, Red Robin has trivia on Tuesday nights in Mount Juliet. <laughs> see, you even learn new things on this show as well. Crazy! I didn't had no idea. Well, I can tell you a lot of new things, and Definitely probably not. Never mind. We're gonna leave that alone, man. We're just gonna go on. <laughs> and, 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 on and on that note, we will cheers. Oh, this is important. By, by the way, I'm not wearing these to be cool. Yes, or anything like that. Like these are my colorblind glasses that this guy surprised me with, like an a hole in the middle of like 400 people for our EP release party. Yeah, so he can see color with those on, and he sees uh, – it's crazy. So, Enchroma, uh, E-N-C-H-R-O-M-A. For anybody that's interested, Enchroma uh, glasses are um, – they, they actually sponsored us getting these, and they gave him a couple pairs. And uh, for the first time in his life, he was able to see vivid color um, for the last two weeks. Uh, so – yeah, when he, whenever he sees him wearing these sunglasses, he's not uh, trying to be make a trademark or anything. Or I'm just I'm just trying to see what things should be, yeah, you know, seeing what labels I mean, we're, each we're bourbon really them. is. <laughs> exactly, black. It's black. black. No, no, this, <laughs> this, black this, this one's great. This was black and white. I could always read that one. I was like, that's probably what drew me to well, it. So actually, a really cool thing happened uh, the night he got him on. First of all, we were driving home uh, from the venue. And he was like, oh, my goodness, driving is is so insane because he could see the lights, uh, the, the taillights and the lights in the in the, in the like sign. Vividly. Um, but then I, I – this is another thing that's very interesting. And so, first of all, one thing people don't know is one in 12 men are colorblind. So odds are you know a lot of people that are colorblind. Um, I did not know that either. Um, but he – I actually showed him a picture of his wife, and I said, what color is that skirt? And he was like, it's green. And I said, no, that's orange. And he was saying it for the first time as actual orange and pink as well. No, no. I mean, I, I went home. We have our – one of my favorite plants is, is called the praying plant. And it is green with hot pink striations within the leaf. Well, up until this, I couldn't see the hot pink. I, I thought it was just another green striation, whatever else off of it, just a little bit lighter. I went home that night and finally my eyes were starting to get used to the glasses and I looked at that plant and it was just hot pink and I went, okay, I got to go to the bathroom before you all see me just break down in tears. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, I went to the bathroom and I broke down and it was for the first time I was able to see that plant in true color. So it was really cool. Uh, that, that, is, that is awesome. Also sounds like you might have a new song coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> should have seen it in color. We should, in color. We should write that. We should, we should write. Should have seen, seen it in color. color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. seen it in color. That sounds great. We should write that. Yeah, that's great. 
I know the story behind that song, actually. Oh, well, y'all, this has been a pleasure. And uh, thanks again for for sharing a drink. I might have to go get a refill here now. (laughs) Thank you for having us. It was a great, great time, man. Thank you very much for having us on this evening. Thank you. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.